All right, guys, I think we'll go ahead and get started. We got uh, quite a few people. We were kind of curious if the World Series was going to hold uh, some folks back, but apparently uh, most of you are not uh, baseball fans or you've got it on in the background nice and quiet. So um, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, so tonight uh, we wanted to touch base on both uh, the DAC meeting, the Drone Advisory Committee, that uh, uh, meeting that Dave was able to attend and got some great information from and kind of share some of that out with you guys. And again, kind of rehash the uh, request for some videos for Drone Safety Awareness Week that's uh, coming up. So um, Dave, do you want to kind of jump in and talk about the DAC meeting? Sure, I'll try to uh, uh, keep it uh, keep it brief. I've got a couple of uh, slides. Let's see if I can uh, uh, figure out how to get them over to. Oh, oh looks like oh, no. Drag and drop. Okay. Why? Oh, I had this all. Had this going earlier. Yeah, it was working earlier. <laughs> Why is it? It won't let me. It won't let me copy in slides. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I will do it without slides. Um. So, the uh, drone ad advisory committee, uh, which is the uh, an FAA advisory committee, was held on October 17th down in Washington, D.C. Um, so uh, I was able to attend as a spectator, so I'm uh, certainly not a, um, a member. That's something that we would like to do, and uh, uh, it does appear that uh, as you um, gain more um, prominence and uh, help out more, it looks like uh, like a lot of other political uh, situations, you can uh, help get yourself nominated uh, through as they uh, add people to the DAC. So uh, we'll keep after that. Uh, the things I um, I did want to mention that um, uh, I w drove down, stayed a couple of days in D.C. This was on uh, on my dime. So um, just you know reiterate that uh, we're doing this uh, as a nonprofit with the FPVFC. So, Dave, do you know how long the Drone Advisory Committee has been around? Uh, since 2016. And so 2016, it was um, not terribly effective. 2017, they held, I think, one meeting. And then it started to kick into gear at the last uh, two meetings. So there was a, a prior meeting in uh, June uh, down in Arlington, Virginia. And then uh, they're trying, trying to run them every three months now. Uh, so they're uh, uh, adding a lot more rigor and um, uh, getting uh, work done and uh, recommendations back to the FAA. And uh, it appears to be uh, very well received. We had the um, deputy uh, administrator to the Department of uh, Transportation show up and, uh, and speak to the group. So that was uh, that. That was a nice kudo for uh, this organization. And the way this process works is the um, FAA asks the uh, a group of industry and uh, operators uh, for input. Uh, the input is created, and then the recommendations are fed back to the FAA. And you'll see, you'll I'll share a couple of schedules uh, to convey how um, 
you know, it's still a little, a little suspect. For example, uh, in remote ID, we provided input to the FAA uh, on, in, on September 4. It was approved by the DAC on October 17. And there is supposed to be a, um, an N, NRPM uh, issued on December 20 around remote ID. And then in January, the DAC is supposed to come back and comment on the uh, input that was given by the DAC. So you can you can see that those schedules don't don't quite line up. It's like, no, wait a second. You know, the the, the DAC provided input. I think that should have made it into uh, uh, into the um, notice for rulemaking. Uh, but then the FAA is going to provide feedback to the DAC after the rulemaking was, is provided on December 20. So, uh, you know, I, I'd mention this because it, it's, you know, this is uh, the federal government. It's not, you know, a well-oiled machine. Uh, there's a lot of uh, being there in person, I think, is infinitely useful because a lot of what appears to be uh, getting done is done through uh, personal relationships. And so uh, schmoozing and uh, chatting with people in the long breaks is uh, definitely uh, a way to be effective. I'd welcome also any interruptions as we go through this That's to make this uh, useful to folks on the line. One of the, a couple of the things I wanted to touch on um, there were three, they call them tasking groups. And so it's effectively a task force. The uh, drone advisory committee asks, uh, they assign a team lead uh, to go off and study a problem. And they, they asked for a 90 day turnaround uh, or actually less than about a 60 day. So we came, came back and there were three topics. One, and uh, there's a, uh, on the FAA DAC DAC website, there's a pretty good PDF, what is it, I, about 180 pages. So you can sc scroll through it and find references to pretty much everything I'll, I'll talk about. But it, I, I thought I'd just share some of the highlights to hopefully pique your interest a little bit. So the three uh, task groups, tasking groups that were assigned back in June were remote ID, two was security, and three was the 107 waiver process. The 107 waiver process is a uh, is a good point because obviously it has to do with commercial only. And so what I'm finding is it behooves us to stay very close to what's going on in commercial because uh, there's a lot of, you know, every once in a while something will come up that will be directly applicable to recreational. So it's critical that we're there in the room uh, at that point. Um, I was able to get on the task force for a remote ID. And so I, uh, I was able to have some small part in helping to influence that uh, for the benefit of uh, FPV. So that's the essence of what we want to try to do as we're going forward, get involved, collaborate, work, change from the in inside. And so the, um, the then to, um, the other thing I wanted to mention briefly is the new tasking groups due to be presented to the DAC in January 2020 are beyond visual line of sight challenges, facility maps, and unmanned traffic management. So let me go back through and hit a little bit of detail. And again, please interrupt with any questions. And I'll, I'll try to keep this uh, brief and I really welcome any questions uh, either uh, through Discord or through the website. 
uh, or uh, via email uh, if there are additional questions. Just um, real quick before you get started, Dave, we did do yeah. a meeting on on kind of what was uh, came out of the remote ID. Um, so that is up on our Facebook. If you did miss that, we did do a uh, one of these town halls kind of discussing uh, what came out of the remote ID tasking group for the last phase. Um, and you can check that out on our website so, or on our YouTube channel. So great, um, great. great. Great highlight, and, and I'll just uh, run through this uh, quickly so as not to bore everyone. A big piece of the recommendation was referencing the ASTM F38, which is a workgroup 64041, as a uh, minimum operation of procedure. The, that means that there was about a year and a half worth of work on monitoring and tracking UASs that had gone on with the ASTM. Let's see, American standards, trades, and measure, tables and measures is I think what ASTM stands for. So it's an international standards body. And so this is a standard that hopefully will be picked up around the world, uh, which will help create some level of consistency across borders. So the, uh, this and this happens frequently that the FAA and other uh, federal agencies point to an ASTM standard uh, and then they redline it. You know, what they don't like, they cross out with, and then what they want to add, they'll add. But it's a great starting point and that's what we did with this remote task force. Uh, some of the key uh, provisions were that there is a, a tiered or layered approach uh, from an unequipped to a uh, equipped with telemetry uh, and GPS operating in a small uh, radius on to uh, then envisioning into beyond visual line of sight. And so those three layers have additional uh, technology requirements. And then uh, an FPV uh, drone is considered a uh, non-equipped. And uh, I spend a fair amount of time uh, asking and, and pressing uh, that uh, we made sure that that was uh, uh, something that kept uh, that we that we kept in there so so far so good as i mentioned the uh, the dates on the next steps for the remote id are uh, the nprm is december 20 and then the faa comments back uh to the dac on okay we approve the input that you provided to us on october 17 now in january they'll play back what they uh what they felt Next one was uh, a security piece of work. This was uh, the task force lead on this was the CEO of uh, AUSVM, uh, AUVSI, pardon me. And so a very professional uh, piece of work on this one. Um, they came up with, and this is again, it's in the PDF. Uh, they came up with six recommendations and I'll rattle through these quickly and welcome any questions. The first was OEMs should equip their UAS with geofencing capabilities. Two, federal government should make available a consolidated, standardized, and up-to-date database for critical infrastructure and TFR issues that are machine-readable. So anyone using LANS today would recognize that, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I had you know, a uh, federated or a fed role database that all the TFRs, NOTAMs, et cetera, could be um, understood and turned into uh, something a little closer to English than we have to uh, interpret a NOTAM today. So that's what's, uh, that was the request or the recommendation. Number three was OEM should create alerts for the UAS operators when their UAS is approaching a sensitive flight area. Number four was the UAS, um, OEMs should equip the UAS with ADSV in. And so we talked about this, I think, in some detail on the remote 
uh, ID section as well. So this is something uh, that uh, DJI is doing with all of their uh, drones above uh, 250 grams. The fifth item was OEM should explore performance. Uh, I called it a limp mode. And so when you approach a sensitive area, if you know, so that you don't just, you're not just uh, stopped. But, and so uh, they're suggesting that the, the drone gets slowed down. The sixth, sixth item was uh, OEM should explore equipage of DAA or detect and avoid. This one is a nightmare for us because this says, oh my gosh, all of a sudden the, the drone gets really heavy because the uh, detect and avoid requirements that the FAA is thinking about uh, are uh, very significant, like being able to detect uh, something the size of a drone 2,000 feet away. And so it's usually a combination of electronics and it starts to kick up the weight a lot. So that's one of our, um, as, as we think about a viable uh, uh, drone that can operate even a little bit beyond visual line of sight, that's the one that really scares us. Okay. Questions on those, on uh, either of those areas? There's a little bit of chatting in the general chat there. Just Josh ah. was asking about ADSB in. Does that mean they can control your drone? Uh, good question. No, absolutely not. This is not a command and control. ADSB in is uh, exclusively a transponder that uh, tells the world, uh, "Here I am. Here I am. Here, you know, here, here's my digital license plate. Here's who I am, and here's my uh, lat lawn and altitude." And yeah, uh, also I started googling. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, it was a good question. Good question. Okay. Did I miss? Uh, I, I was. Uh, I wasn't looking at the. Uh, I think that, that was screen. the only question there. Okay, thank, thank you, Dan. The 107 waiver process. Now, this one to me is interesting because uh, for those of us interested in getting our 107, uh, this gives us a, a feeling for uh, how things are going uh, on the commercial side of uh, things, even though we are within FPVFC primarily focused in recreational. So the recommendations that, uh, and this group, this group blew me away. So in a, in about a 60-day time frame, they uh, surveyed uh, 107 uh, uh, operators across the country, and they re they got back 632 responses to their survey. Uh, they had um, seven recommendations that I'll rattle off. And so this was such an incredibly uh, ground-up or grassroots piece of work that th these folks went out, listened to 107 operators, and said, what are your problems? What are your successes? You know, where? What do you think we should do to improve the waiver process for 107? So, you know, in terms of uh, you know completeness and a thoughtful piece of work, boy, this this one was a really nice piece of work. Uh, so the recommendations were um, expiring waivers should uh, auto renew, modify drone zone so the operator does not have to up update non-consequential information. Three, FAA should create a checklist to satisfy safety cases. Four, FAA should consider streamlined approval for those trained by an operator with experience relative to that waiver. Five, FAA should consider streamlined process for groups of operators. Six, FAA should increase transparency and accountability of approval. Seven, the FAA should require approvers to take the training. So you can get a feeling for this as you read these recommendations, like, ooh, this is really, you know, this is working with a bureaucracy. If there's anyone who has their 107 and has gotten waivers, you know, they know you know that they can take a fair amount of time, as in, you know, sometimes months, 
which is you know completely uh, you know no way to run a business. Uh, and if it's BV uh, LOS, you know, you know they still have a very high percentage rate of uh, declines. So uh, the, one of the things that is clear is that um, the FAA plays a game of well, no, nope, this is nope, no, you're no, this won't pass. And so it's like, stop, you know, give us an understanding of what is it that you want? Show us examples. And so that has been taken on. And uh, Jay Merkel was emphatic that uh, they have added examples and they like the idea of a checklist and they will consider these inputs. So that's important from the perspective of a turning point of uh, a bureaucracy that, you know, is sort of chuckling, uh, you know, you can see the individual with, you know, decline, decline, decline stamping the, uh, you know, the paper as it comes across their desk. Um, and it looks like that, that might be changing. So that's, that's positive from that perspective. Okay. Then I wanted to quickly talk about the three tasking groups that are assigned and uh, are due to come back to the DAC in January, 2020. One is the Beyond Visual Line of Sight Challenges. Next one is Facility Maps. The other is um, Unmanned um, Traffic Management. Uh, I, I was able to get on the BVLOS uh, tasking group, so I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Um, uh, that, to me, is the next. Uh, if we are able to get agreement and support on remote ID, followed by Beyond Visual Line of Sight in the United States, that will break open the ability for commercial drones, which you know we will reap the benefit of that on the re recreational side because the uh, the scale uh, and the uh, the quality and the uh, the rigor with which these uh, aircraft need to be created uh, will be you know, will be great, and we'll we will as I say reap the benefit of that. Um, the, the big challenge there that we see, as I mentioned earlier, is the um, uh, detect and avoid. Uh, facilities maps, this one is, is also really important to us. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, to get on this uh, group, no luck so far. I've um, uh, asked the uh, individual who's leading the, uh, the facilities map tasking group. This is important to us from the perspective of if you fly in controlled airspace and you have an airport near you, and you look at the facility map and it's like, what a second, zero? You know, near the airport, zero out, I can't fly at all. And so what we're trying to do is bring up the idea of, could we at least fly to 100 feet if we're really close? Or could we entertain the, the notion of shielded operations uh, like New Zealand has? So uh, this is absolutely an area where we'd love to provide some influence on uh, and collaboration on, on the facilities maps. Uh, unmanned um, traffic management. Uh, working in global tech for four decades, this is a, an enormous IT uh, opportunity for large companies. Uh, Google is in this with Open Sky. Airbus announced a, a system. AirMap is into this. Uh, we're pretty sure Amazon has their own. And so there are about seven or eight UTMs. Uh, so, you know, if you think about it, the Lance system provide, is, a, is a, a flight plan uh, a <clears throat> authorization capability and it has some uh, air map and Kitty Hawk has some really nice additional features. UTM is okay, air traffic management for unmanned uh, aircraft. 
So, and the idea is that they're pretty sure it'll be a federation of UTMs across the United States. So that's really significant in the sense that that's a very different architecture from what we have in the air traffic control for uh, manned aircraft. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to get involved with that one. Uh, and I think that this is an area that will be interesting for us to watch. I'm hoping that uh, you know, that does not affect us in recreational a lot. If we fly BV uh, LOS, it absolutely will. Okay, that was it. So I, I'm, uh, I hope to be, I'm hoping that the, uh, I'm in New York, so it's, it, it's a pretty quick hop, six hour drive or a quick flight down to DC. It's worth it to me to be there in person. Uh, there's no question I was able to get on the uh, BVLOS uh, test group because I walked up to the leader uh, and chatted with him and uh, volunteered to help. Same thing with the facilities maps. Yeah, there's no substitute for being there in person. I agree. I agree. Uh, plus, the uh, it was uh, this was the the first um, advisory group, not just in uh, within the DAC but across the federal government that was streamed live. And so as uh, Dan was uh, sharing with me, you know, the, it was, they, they had some, some problems and it was, they'd go dark for a bit. Uh, but the, you know, I was, you know, again, I was able to uh, uh, introduce myself to the, uh, the marketing people who were running the, uh, the production of the streaming. Um, and they were uh, all uh, trying to make sure it was running as uh, just as, as well as they possibly could. Uh, to me, it's a, that's a benefit, but again, there's absolutely, you know, they cleverly have large uh, breaks, and so you're able to um, walk around and network and schmooze with, uh, uh, with people on these long breaks, and that's where a lot of the uh, decisions uh, get made, at least in my humble estimation. Comments, questions? And again, I, I reference, you know, if you, you know, so I just flew the, over this to try to get um, a, a little, provide a little bit of a, an understanding. Uh, the document, to, you know, the, the PDF that's uh, out on the FAA DAC, it really is uh, quite a good uh, document. Or if, you're, if you've got a question, uh, you know, ask one of us and uh, I'm, I'm certainly happy to dig into it. Uh, you want to mention anything about people that were there and... I don't know. How, how did the AMA interact with this meeting? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so the, um, the AMA uh, president, Rich Hansen, has a seat on the Drone Advisory uh, Committee. Um, he was uh, not uh, part of either of the prior tasking groups, and he is not part of any of the uh, upcoming uh, three tasking groups. Um, he also remained completely quiet through a, a very vocal uh, and interactive uh, six or seven hours of presentations. So AMA not really well represented. I think we can uh, start to stand tall that we are uh, helping and we are more participative uh, with the Drone Advisory Committee uh, than the AMA. Now, they could tell us, well, you know, they're not, you know, that's worthless. You know, they're not. They're not being effective. You know, the DAC is ineffective. Well, we don't know that yet. And you know, so the idea is, we're going to try to be collaborative with the FAA. It's worked for the EAA, the Experimental Aircraft Association, very, very well. That's the path we're on. 
the other folks that were in the room, uh, very vocal people from uh, Amazon. Uh, Brendan Schulman was there from uh, DJI, um, AirMap, uh, Skyward. Um, uh, Is it Boulder, Colorado's mayor? Yes, or is it a different Wade, Colorado? Wade, uh, uh, Colorado Springs um, from Co uh, Colorado. Uh, Wade Troxel, a delightful gentleman. Uh, and he's he participates. So, I mean, this man is a, a busy mayor and he calls in and he has been on the various task forces and he's representing the League of Cities across the United States. So just a uh, you know bright, energetic guy. And uh, wow, is he interested in helping out? I mean, he puts forward ideas like, you know, if we if we're asking people to train, we can give them access to things like, you know, some of the parks that we're calling off uh, uh, off bounds, and he's going to write a proclamation during uh, National Drone Week. So we'll get a copy of the proclamation. And we'll uh, we'll publicize that. Uh, there are also the uh, National Airport uh, Managers Association, an association I did not know that existed. There was the AOPA, the Airline um, and uh, Operators Pilots Association. If the, hopefully I'm not uh, destroying what that uh, abbreviation means. <laughs> Um, and what was, what was that? Uh, I mentioned it in the chat. It was like CONUS 30 or something like that. CONUS 30. Was the, that an in? That was company? the lady, who, the lady who, it was one of the task force, I believe previously, the lady who was up on the podium and talking about the careless and the clueless. Ah, uh, Angela Stubblefield. She is, uh, she's a force to be reckoned with and in all in a very positive way she's a a marine officer she's uh, been in marine intelligence uh, federal intelligence she's working the security side of the the um uas integration office and so she is um she works a lot of the classified side of uh of drone integration yeah the but gang to the gang points out that we have uh, zero casualties <laughs> Yes, and in fact, there was uh, quite a bit of discussion, uh, and you know, we can thank uh, Brendan Schulman for bringing that up. And that's one of the things that the the downside of being a spectator is you, are, I am not allowed to say a word. And so, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm standing on my tongue, and you can't say anything. And so, we can thank Brendan Schulman for speaking up a number of times. Uh, you know, one, no casualties. Two. Um, it was the day after uh, the young boy was saved uh, out in the Midwest yep. with a, uh, a flare capability. Uh, and so Brendan brought that up and he said, we're keeping track. And that's the 290th life that has been saved by a drone. And so I was like, yes. <laughs> so Yeah, with, with DJI's current release that they just came out with, that Mavic Mini or whatever. Yes. Um, their whole intent that I saw so far with that is that it wouldn't need to be registered. I mean, regardless of new rules that have come out, because that is still part of their advertisement. So getting in cahoots with him might kind of help. It is. And, uh, and uh, I, I plan uh, either a visit or a, uh, a conversation. Happily, he's in Manhattan. I'm about 100 miles away. Uh, so um, uh, I plan to get together with Brendan. He was work. He was uh, one of the members on the remote ID, uh, and so he and I had an opportunity to talk, and he invited me down to Manhattan. So, yep. Sweet. The, I mean, I don't hobby. really, I don't really trust DJI because they don't have really any kind of investment in the hobby. 
Well, well, that's well, kind of changing. They do now. Well, yeah, they're trying to take over the hobby. No, well, I don't. So here's the thing: is I, 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 you know, and and we can get into a debate on this, but you know, as somebody who has used the DJI goggles and somebody who has thoroughly dissected them, you know, I, I I'm not gonna sit here and say that they're not interested in the FPV hobby. They have been for a while. I mean, they had a, a previous set of FPV goggles come out. Well, I didn't you know. just, uh, just hold on. I didn't say interested. I specifically <laughs> said invested. Well, right. invested is invested is interesting because exactly. There are and, two, two things. There are a couple of things that are uh, going on with DJI. One is they're building a manufacturing facility in California. And two is they are uh, clean room, uh, creating a, a piece of software that they can offer to the U.S. federal government. So those are both, you know, those are capital and then, you know, big expense uh, type investments. So well, maybe, I guess, well, no, I, 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 they're doing a lot. They they have done a lot. I'm not going to deny, you know, you can't deny the progress that they have made with some of it. But I guess maybe it's the whole, it was put a really good way by somebody, and I can't remember who it was, that, you know, you, you guys remember that movie Hackers, right? Yep. That entire, like, culture has overflowed into this hobby, and that's what this hobby was built on. Well, I mean, yes open and no. Open source. I mean, open it, source it, it, is the only reason we have this hobby. Well, yes uh, and no. Uh, I would, I would, I would I casually don't think so. kind of... That's where the quads. That's where the quads were built. They were built at a college. The first time I ever heard of them, there was a right. bunch of people at a college the, doing right. open source. On the software but, but, side, I would tend to agree, but then it's but on you know, the hardware side, you, right? You, uh, no, that's yeah. the hardware came from a bunch of college students doing open so, source. It, it came from a, it came a from Wii, Wii controller, controller. Nintendo. Right. I mean, yeah. it it literally exactly. came from a closed source system. So, you know, it's it, it's give and take, you know, but you got to understand that DJI is, is yes, they are focused on the commercial side, but over the last couple of years, they've kind of been breaching into, I mean, I think they started kind of on the hobbyist side because when, when the Phantoms first came out, they were, I mean, they weren't really geared towards commercial, commercial drone use. Wasn't really something really highly thought of at the time. And, and, it was a slow progress into that route. So I think they kind of started in the hobbyist side, graduated to commercial, but in the last couple of years with the, you know, with the spark coming out and the uh, Mavic air and, and some of these smaller ones that they're creating, they've kind of broached into the hobbyist community. And, and while they're yes. premium hobbyist uh, uh, models, they're, they're definitely hobbyist grade. And, so you know, and with the FPV, uh, with the digital H, uh, digital FPV um, system, I think they're they're kind of breaking into the hobby a little bit more. And and I would say that you know the innovation that they have brought kind of set the bar a little higher. And that's nothing but a good thing, you know. And they definitely and shook it, up the whole. Um, it sure did. What, what do you call it? The shook up the whole market. The whole ecosystem. It, yeah, it, it did. What's and, also interesting to me yeah. is the choice that. DJI made when they de they decided where to slice the what they would build and what they would not build on their FPV digital system. They're not building the flight controller. They're not building the motors, the frame. They want the hobby to continue to use and build that. They you know they they're working on command and control as well as the video. And I thought course, they had just come out with a with a 
uh, flight controller that compats, like a direct flight controller that goes with their system. I haven't uh, seen they're selling. They're selling one, but Kute has one. Yes, right. And I think there's other companies have made them. Has one. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what, okay. yeah, what I, yeah. That's what I've seen as well so far. Just more more specialized for the air unit, um, but right. Yeah. But that's what I want to see. Like yeah. I want to continue to see that. Yeah, and I think that's what as as things kind of broach the market and become popular. I mean. That honestly, the 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 F, DJI FPV headset. I mean, it kind of broke on the market and was instant. I mean, I mean, it was built for FPV users. It genuinely was, and and except for know, the latency. And <laughs> honestly, I I didn't I I pushed it pretty far, and I didn't have any latency. But I've got no you know, issues with it. Have any of you guys watched any of my videos by chance? I. Probably not. I don't think I posted any of them. Um, So that was a trick question. No, no. I I have a tendency to skew things sometimes when I get excited without thinking. Um, I will say Rotor Ryan's going all in with them. No, yeah, they did. I'm a little bit mad at them. Well, I mean, here's the thing, guys, is, is, you know, Everybody kind of has their niche. You know, when I first when I was first getting into the hobby, you know, uh, Rotor Riot was was about six months after I got in. You know, Steel was there. You know, there's I mean, everybody was flying aliens with kissed out, you know, kissed out aliens and and whatnot. But when you're just starting out and you want to you know, figure out what you're going to use, there's going to be people that you know, are going to fly what they appreciate. And Steel's one of those, you know, I can appreciate. He finds what he likes and he sticks with it. And, you know, that's kind of something that I've I've kind of taken to heart personally in, in my flying. I find something, I stick with it until I find something better, you know. And I, I do, I will say I do get the luxury of being able to test a lot of gear and, and seeing what's out there. But at the same time, you know, I have my go-to. You know, I know if I'm, you know, I, I will be the first to admit I'm a Lumineer Motor fanboy. You know, everything I fly is Lumineer Motors. I love them. They've never done me wrong. And I, that will be my first go-to motor if I ever have to pick one. You know, they're not the cheapest, but for me, they're the best. You know, so, and, you know, you're going to find what you like and you're going to roll with it. So, you know, yeah, and, and you know, Rotor Riot, you know, honestly, HD fits their style. You know, and yeah, well, their whole their whole mo these days are geared towards beginners, mm-hmm. and with these new flight controllers coming out, the new frames that are all geared towards uh, DJI HD system. I mean, you only have to solder some motor wires, and that's, and that's yep, it. it's Everything absolutely the easiest to build right, right now. It's going to get more people yeah, into and, the. And, well, and think about it, guys. And and you know, a lot of us sitting here, you know, in this chat right now, we're experienced. We've been doing this for a couple of years. We know our stuff. But when when it when push comes to shove, what's most important? That that our culture of of modding and and hacking it all together needs to continue, or that we get new people into the oh, hobby. The flying. That we get new people That's into the, the hobby. It's, yeah. it's always it's always a balance for me because I think it's a it's a big part of it. It's a big part of the safety that we have is that people have to learn so much. Right. But on the flip side, if we don't get new and fresh people into the hobby, what happens to the hobby? Well, exactly. That's why I say it's well, like a balance. Yeah. You know. So. You know, one thing I will say: if I if I still had 
those uh, predator fat shark goggles, mm -hmm. I would have quit a year ago. <laughs> right. You know, and I mean, I'm still flying HD2s. You know, I, I, I have them. I love them. You know, I've I've flown HDOs. I've, you know, these the new HDO2 sound fantastic. But, you know, yeah, right now, do. you know, right now you got this triple battle going on. Do you go DJI? Orca's coming out here pretty quick. Or HD2s or HDO2s. You know, I mean, it's, you know, Sky so... The, yeah, the, Sky Zone the, too. Sky, yeah, zone. you got the new Sky Zones. I forgot oh, about three. Oh, yep. Uh, so, my, you know, my, 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 you know, this is really funny because you guys, you forget that just a short while back, you would have just creamed a nut looking in a box <laughs> goggle, seeing something you never saw before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, you guys, I can't, I tell you, I, I, like you, you guys have heard me talk before. I put a, in some of the air shows that we have up here yep. in Washington State. I put a lot of people in box goggles for the first time. Uh, oh, by the way, I uh, I like the MA uh, 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 little rib there because uh, <laughs> I get well um, because you know I push uh, EAA right. uh, because we have a lot of EA up here. Um, yeah. But I did. Uh, I am a member of AMA, of course. But I did, and I am a certified instructor now through the AMA uh, for uh, for EAA. We have a, a thing going on where we got a bunch of pilots building some planes and then putting some cameras in them. Very cool. Yeah, there's about 16 kids. That's great. So, so, but anyway, the conversation, guys. It doesn't matter if you can see out the window. It's just the point that you can see out the window. Right. <laughs> you know, well, it only takes you so far, though. I. Well, I, of course it does, but there's a whole yeah. lot of us guys that fly line of sight. I'm 62, and you'd be surprised how limited I am with uh, old growth firs all the way around me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I live in the north, you know, Pacific Northwest. We have timber mountains and other things like that. Um, yeah. So, you know, we're limited anyway. Um, in, you know, 600 feet, 700 feet, we got some stuff that we can get some air. But other than that, no, it's I think just you meant, about you getting meant to people say four, involved. 400 feet, right? I'm, I'm no, sure. no, no, we can go six, 800 in, in uncontrolled. But my flying field is actually at the end of the runway of, of the International Airport. Oh, um, boy. And, well, it's been there for, for 35 years. Wow. Awesome. And awesome. we have a really good working relationship with the airport and the port. Yeah. There you go. It, it's, not, it's not bad at all. In fact, uh, he comes to some of our barbecues. The port manager Perfect. comes to barbecues. And I put him and his wife in the hood and took them around a little flight. And they thought, oh, God, that would be too expensive to get to. And then I introduced them to a whoops. No, it's not. Right. And then go. I went and, and then um, get get some gym stuff going. I, I teach at the gym um, two Wednesdays a month. Um, open to the public for indoor fun flies. Yeah, excellent. Open excellent. to the public. So you know, there's more things that we can do. Agreed. Yeah. I yep. love it. You guys get the uh, memo from uh, the FAA regarding the pretty much adding all the. Federal detention centers, as you oh, yeah, them. I did. Yeah, you or you what you get you're flying over them now. Is that a problem? I'm only, only kidding. <laughs> no, we do, we do have kidding. a couple up in uh, Wisconsin, but no, no, I, yeah. Oh, I looked at the list and I was like, oh, they ain't gonna affect me, but exactly. still, yeah, yeah I, got, I, I got six I did. of them on the other side of town, and there they've had go. they've had signs up for like I don't even know how long now. 
Oof, well, I can't remember where it was, but here we had our first drone delivery here, you know, not too long ago on the national news in the yep. prison. So, I mean, like, <laughs> they, they got nothing, they, you know, commercials got nothing on them. Right. <laughs> you know, what oh. testing? So, you know, yeah. I would, I, you know, to kind of wrap this up, this, this segment up, you know, I would, you know, I welcome, you know, anybody who wants to invest in our hobby. And just for the simple fact that it brings uh, new blood, new ideas, new innovation, you know, yeah. whether it's DJI or, or somebody else, you know, I mean. Yeah, and plus, it, plus I agree completely. And as we, if any of us want to do beyond visual line of sight over the next couple of years, it's going to have to be one, you know, equipped uh, drone. It is going to have mm-hmm. to have a lot of telemetry, GPS, probably some type of uh, additional uh, transponder. Right, a transponder. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but that's if you want to fly beyond visual line of sight. So, you God, know, thank, pick, thank God, God I still have, you know, thank God I still have Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, I'm old, and you know, it took it took a lot of him and his whiteboard to even get me to the understanding of where I am today. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm only one. I'm only one year behind you. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, but I wasn't computer savvy. <laughs> it took me a month to figure out how to click on you guys. <laughs> oh boy, that's awesome! All right, over over to you, Josh. So you know, uh, I know I've talked about this for the last couple of meetings, but I did throw a post up on Facebook uh, about the videos. If you do have an opportunity to. And I'm not looking for much, guys, just something to kind of personify um, some of the stuff that I put in the post. And I'll, I'll relink it here in a second. Let me grab that real quick. Um, Maybe you can show me how to copy something over to the... Yep, I, I got it here. I got Control it. C. Control V. <laughs> so, it was working. Uh, it was, it was. I was trying to copy over an image file, and it wouldn't. Uh, it. I, I had like, a little. Uh, nope. Yeah, it said nope. Nope. Not in this <laughs> so, channel. You know, something to to kind of you know hit on some of these topics, and and I'm working on a couple of videos uh, as we speak. So, um, and keep in mind, it could be something you go out and and find film. It could be a little vlog and and we're not talking like a half hour vlog here guys i'm talking like two five minutes you know a couple of the videos i'm going to do are going to be a couple maybe 30 seconds to a minute um they're not going to be anything you know that that is going to take a lot of time um but um we do have uh confirmation from the faa's uh uh, social media team that anything that we put out during drone week with the the drone week tag on it uh, will get amplified by their social media team so um, that's definitely something from a recreational perspective that we want to get pushed out there because that's just gonna you know it's gonna show uh, the um, folks that are involved in that and engaged in that how uh, how proliferate uh, hobby UASR um, and and the FPV hobby itself. So um, just just keep that in mind. If you've got a couple minutes, if you've got a you know a couple hours to 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 create a quick video, um, please help us out. Just um, if you could just post up in that video on 
or on that uh, Facebook post, which ones you're, you're tagging so that uh, we can kind of keep track of that. And then uh, we'll talk about how to get, I'll put a post up on how to get those to us so that we can post it up during uh, drone safety week. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a big deal for us and we'd appreciate any help that anybody could provide. So when any other to be in by, um, Uno Next momento. week. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I'll try. Um, I have a <laughs> surgery though in a couple of days, so we'll, uh, understandable. We'll any, any recording? You can post that stuff, Josh, on 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 uh, the general channel. So, um, yeah. if uh, yeah, I can I can post a link to it real quick. Yeah, do that for us, all the first. Okay, can do. Let's see. I'm not guaranteeing it's going to copy over with any kind of formatting, so just bear with me. There we go. There's the wall. Um, one second. I had this pulled up. Apparently, I closed it. Okay, so November 4th through the 10th. Now, keep in mind that recreational is going to be um, the 9th and the 10th, the Saturday and the Sunday. Uh, that's going to be the recreational part of that week. Um, so if you can get them to us by the 4th, that would be fantastic. If it's sometime during that week before the recreational, that's fantastic too. It's, if it's the day of, send it over. We'll get it posted. Okay? We're going to be all hands on deck for getting that stuff up. So, All right. I wish I could guarantee something, but I can't right now. It's been balls to the wall over here. Um, so I, I and I understand that. I, I believe me, I do. I'm I'm a very busy individual myself, but you know, um, if you can do it, fantastic. If you can't, no judgment coming from me. So how about that? <clears throat> Sweet. <laughs> All right. So um, with that, if there's any more questions, uh, I'm happy to help field them. I think Dave's audio kind of died out. So I don't have a. I had to unplug and plug back in. Weird. I don't have a question, but I do have a comment and a suggestion that, uh, as people have noticed, DJI released their new um, drone that's under 250 grams today, and they're definitely pushing the fact that you don't have to register. But as we know, there's a common misconception that a lot of people have that just because it's under 250 grams, they think they don't have to follow all the regulations, which everything but registration, you still have to follow all the same rules. So yep. as much as we may not agree with some of those rules, we still have to follow them and make sure people understand well, that they're out there. Well, they're easy to follow. Yes, they I are mean, easy it's to not follow. Like we, it's not like we're, you know, we're having to put a big effort out there to be safe and, and common sense and normal anyway. Nope. No, but you still can't fly more than 400 feet. If you're within five miles of an airport, you still have to use the Lance system. If you're a Part 107 yep. pilot, you have to register oh, anyway. That, that yeah. kind of stuff is going to soften and save. They're not going to lock our kids up. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I do get let's, pretty let's, reckless let's. with my whoop, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. Well, I don't take my prop top right when I hook it up. 
I'm pretty sure. Yep, I keep the props on. Sorry, guys. I can't be that. <laughs> Rain it in, Steve. Yeah. All right. So uh, unless there's anything else, I will go ahead and wrap this meeting up for this evening, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Sounds good. Thank you. Did I miss a meeting? I don't think so, Josh. Cause what what meeting were you talking about with uh, that was it? uh when we talked about the remote ID uh that was a couple not last meeting maybe the one before that oh, okay uh, so if you don't remember it go back to the YouTube and check it out listen to it uh we have them on podcast too so Roger all right thank you and then uh Dan I don't know if you guys did see it Dan did post the thing to the DAC meeting the the PDF the hundred and some odd page document there so uh give it a read if you've got any questions hit us up okay sounds good oh yeah i listened to that whole meeting the whole damn day at my work <laughs> all right well you guys have a great evening and thank you all for your participation one quick tip the next time you listen to it you can play it back at one and a half times speed and listen to it really fast <laughs> That's awesome. Bunch of chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, all. See you, gentlemen. Later. <laughs> Goodbye.